Hi guys, and we're back with Facts Not Fiction podcast. That I said what I said edition. I'm back with my lovely ladies, Shanice. Hello, Alea. Hi, and our lovely featured guest, John A. Hey. So guys, we are back. Guys, please don't forget to follow us on Facts Not Fiction podcast. I'm sorry, Facts Not Fiction underscore podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to catch. Our new episodes dropping every Friday at 3 p.m. So, ladies, how was your week? I'm tired, boss. It was actually a pretty good week for me. Work. Was yeah. Great. How's your new job? The new job is going great. It was a really? little, little rocky at first, <laughs> but I'm learning a lot more. So I feel like that's the biggest hump. Just making sure you feel comfortable doing. <clears throat> something different from what you've been doing. So mm-hmm. I'm getting the hang of it. Wasn't wasn't too bad as far as the week. That was pretty good, busy as always, but it's great. I had a pretty good week deal. It was <laughs> really, really busy. I don't know what was going on, but we were like selling out of two bedrooms like crazy. And right now I'm the only leasing consultant. So it was a little hectic, but I enjoyed it, made a lot of money. So I can't complain. So who wants to bring us into our topic? Oh, we'll be talking about addiction today. So, um, yes. All right, ready to get started. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me start. Um, oh. Outside of myself, because we've already had this conversation, mm-hmm. um, has anyone else struggled with addiction? I'd say so, yes. <laughs> I can't even look at Joy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh, okay. Uh, so, one comforting thing for me is after a long week, which wasn't too bad of a week, but I love edibles. And sometimes, as most people who have done edibles know, there's a period where it's feeling like it may not be working, but if you just give it some time, it's probably going to hit you. So, I thought, you know, it wasn't going to work out. Uh, I'd say maybe a good hour or two later, I was throwing up like crazy. It was really an eye opener for me because <laughs> more like an exorcist, like it was more like a, a projectile. Oh it was, it was bad. It was very bad, very bad. Like straight out, <laughs> girl. It was like I can't even. I can't even. Like the puke emoji, like just what? Mm. <laughs> like, That's some bad. kind of terrible to me. <laughs> I have my hands uh, and whatnot. Go ahead. Yeah, it was it was bad, and I realized after that, like, I think one big thing with addiction is you start to realize you have a problem when it becomes like, gosh, I just wanna, I wanna get the house clean, so let me, you know, smoke a little weed or take an edible real quick, or mm-hmm. no, gosh, I wanna focus better at work. Let so like daily see. life tasks, you can't mm-hmm. even do right. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm not to that point. Like, I can go to work with no issues. I actually do not want to be any type of intoxication or not at work. work. Nope, not at work. But it's like, it relaxes you. Mm -hmm. So you go home and you want to relax a little bit more. So it's more of your at-home lifestyle. But that's the beginning of a serious addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, some people feel like they can't function well without it. So they then start incorporating it into their work day. Mm-hmm. One lunch break, so you know, <laughs> things like that. But I, I definitely feel like 
it was an eye opener for me, but I definitely see where it could be the start to something more serious for others. I would say that um, for the people who I know have incorporated into their daily life, like can't not function, do anything without say smoking or having a drink or something like that. Um, it's just like you, these people don't think they have an addiction. Exactly. And they don't think it's anything wrong um, with their actions. So it's just like, so it's just like, um, it's, it's saddening, but it's also like, you know, they have to come to that realization to seek help for themselves. Like, And one good thing too, is like, you have to, like you said, want the help. Mm -hmm. You can't be going for your boyfriend or your girlfriend, your wife, husband, friend, family member. You have to come for yourself because if you don't come for yourself, you're not going to be in recovery. You're just not. Nine times out of 10, you're not. And we talk a lot about that at work. You know, this is about you. What do you do, Johnny? Oh, I'm a substance abuse counselor and I work um, in the field with mental health clients as well. But yeah, like I was saying, so we have those conversations a lot with the patients and they will, and clients, and they'll attest to that. Like they say, you know, many times I've been into recovery or been into treatment, but I was still going out there doing the same thing. Or, you know, I've had many failed attempts and like they're like, now I'm serious because I'm doing this for me. Mm -hmm. And yet they're doing it for like their kids and their family and whatnot, because addiction doesn't just affect the person who's doing it, like physically affects them mentally, but it also hurts their family and their friends Mm -hmm. because they mean they're stealing and they're cheating and they're, you know, conniving, just doing all sorts of stuff. And so it really affects like other people too. Right. So. so you see addiction like firsthand? Well, yeah, at work. I mean, of course I have family members that have dealt with addiction more so in like the older generation. Now, I don't know anybody personally like my age that I like to talk to that has addiction problem in my family. But anyway, maybe a friend or two. Um, but um, but yeah, so has anybody else been addicted to anything? Not just like hmm drugs per se like anything but you could be addicted to almost anything i think that i'm personally mm-hmm. addic- kind of addicted to my phone um, yeah. yeah, I would say like social media can definitely be a, an addiction. That's something else that I had to kind of overcome as well outside of like, uh, like I told you guys, I've had substance abuse issues mm-hmm. for a number of years, just kind of linked to my depression. Um, mm-hmm. When you say linked to your depression, what do you um, mean by that? You don't mind um, Like when I get in depressive states um, or just moods, it would just be like, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to think about this. Let me mm-hmm. cloud my judgment. Let me cloud my mind. Let me get faded in a sense to where I'm not thinking about this sort of topic or these certain things or what's going on in the forefront of my life. I just don't want to think about it. I don't want to deal with it. So I'm going to do something that takes that focus away. Mm -hmm. Um, And that could be with alcohol, um, weed. um, But that that was the extent of where it went. Um, How long were you in that? Were you addicted? um, I would say... I would say different spells, honestly, because the my first time smoking weed, it wasn't like I wasn't an avid smoker. I just smoked it one time and then was like, like oh. social. Yeah. And then I got went to, off to college and something very traumatic happened to me before I went to college, like right before I went to college. So when I got to college, I was by myself, like no friends, no family, in a whole new state, new town, all that. So it was just like, hmm, cope. We're coping through drinking every day, partying every night, 
smoking, like just kind of. Is that an expensive habit to have? Not really. when you're not paying for it. Like when you're not paying for it. Oh, like when what I was, say it is. It's, like, it's, it's definitely oh, yeah. expensive. I think that's another part of addiction too. Is you when you, waste you feel a lot like of money. you yeah when you feel like mm-hmm. you're using your last bit of money to get something. Now, that's something that you do. Not me. Not you? Okay. I'm about to say, I've never been to that point where I was like stealing, lying, somebody just to get a fix or nothing nothing like that. I've always been able to supply my own. Like, if I ain't have it, I ain't have it. But there's never been a point where it's like, oh, I can't buy it. It'll just be like, I don't want to spend my money on that right now. So, whatever. But like, when I was in college, I didn't pay to smoke anything. I didn't pay to drink anything. I would just go to a friend's house. It would be there. It it was Mm -hmm. easily accessible. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you get in those situations where you have, your peers and your friend groups are indulging so heavily as well, and you're trying to get away from it, it's hard. It gets even harder for you because that peer pressure is a mug, especially like at 18, 19. That peer pressure is a mug. It's like, oh, just have one drink, just do one shot, just hit it one time. You're like, all right, and they just drag you right back into it. Um, so it's just like, it's just, yeah, it's just wild. How like, did you get away from it? Personal choice. Like, mm-hmm. um, just changing my surroundings, changing who I give daily access to myself to um, was a major thing. It's just like, you know, people feel like, oh, you don't come around as much. That's for a reason. Like, I know that when I'm around this type of environment, it stimulates me in a way that I don't want to draw back into something that I know I'm trying to stay away from. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, like, like, more recently, let me say that this, um, just like, uh, my ex is a heavy smoker, heavy smoker. I used to smoke on my own as well because I used to deal with insomnia a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would always buy, I would t- it would take me a week to get through one blunt because it was just me. And then I would just smoke it right before I pull like two, three pulls before I went to bed and be out like every night, like be out, out for the count. So it would take me forever to smoke. But it was like when I Start, me and my ex started living together. It was just like we was always there. It was a whole we had a whole weed drawer. Like, and I'm not talking about no like not I'm not talking about like no small, I'm talking about jars, like edibles, like freaking desserts would be in the refrigerator. It was just it was out of it was out of control. And it was just like we were smoking so much all the time. It was like, bro, I don't want to do this anymore. So like, when did you realize, like, um, that you had a problem? Because some people, not saying anything about like you or specifically or anything like that, some people don't feel like it's an issue. It's a, yeah, it's an issue, or it's like smoking is a problem. It's just a, it's just a way that they choose to live their life. So what for you caused it to be a problem? Um, my thought process, like I wasn't really thinking clearly in the times where I was using these substances very heavily and mm-hmm. I it was when I wasn't under the influence where I would realize like yo you tripping like something made you feel like this was okay and it's not yeah, and it's you. like like I said like my judgment was completely clouded by just not thinking clearly like really not thinking clearly just like, all right so now are you um not smoking at all like, I have not smoked or drinking um I drink wine mm-hmm. but I don't drink liquor um like I'll have a, maybe two at most three glasses of wine, but it's always like low content, five percent type of mm-hmm. type of wine. Like um, a cooler, wine cooler. Uh, I would say it just depends on where I'm at because some places don't have sweet wines, and I prefer sweet wine. Yeah. 
Um, they be like, oh, we gotta dry. And I'm like, ugh, dry wine be so nasty. Yeah, exactly. Like, give me a masada. <laughs> and that's like 5% alcohol. But then it's like places that be like, oh, we like dry wine. So, okay, well, let me get a Pinot, which that's like 11, 13%, depending on the brand mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's yeah. like, you just gotta be careful and like know, like know your limit and know your intake. So I would just be like, all right, let's not wild out if you're gonna be drinking this this brand, this kind, like whatever. But nah, um, as far as like liquor goes, um, I stay clear um, only because alcoholism runs in my family. Not mm-hmm. trying to be um, keeping that in my bloodline, but um, as far as weed goes, I will be a year clean on the twelfth. Hey. Thank you, girl. That's amazing. You mm-hmm. little chip. Yeah, chip. <laughs> yeah, I have not touched it at all in a almost a year, and I'm just so mm-hmm. proud of myself. It was like that decision came with a lot of life choice decisions to like really just kind of change like how I've been doing life in general, just kind of be better, be my best version of myself that mm-hmm. I see. Um, I see that I can be anyway. And it's just like, yeah, that version of me doesn't include these things. I think the biggest part of what you said to going back is uh, peer pressure and taking yourself out of the situation. Um, I will say for me, it's easily accessible mm-hmm. now. Um, and when it was not easily accessible, that's when I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the biggest Why thing is accessible? because my boyfriend, he smokes very much. Oh, so y'all, y'all have a stash? He does. Okay, but I mean, okay. it's nothing for him to pull it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then she got access like, to yeah, it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not something that mm-hmm. I'm like going out and buying. Yeah. Um, so you smoke, you, smoke, you said something about edibles. Are you doing edibles? Yeah. Are you smoking? I mean, either all of them are marijuana. I'm just saying, which one? I was like, which Um, one? I try to do edibles because, of course, as everybody knows, I have asthma. It's really Mm -hmm. bad asthma as well. So I probably shouldn't smoke. So I do try edibles. Most definitely shouldn't smoke. How about that? Let's just just put that all on the table. You most definitely should not smoke. And that's where another thing about addiction comes from. You Yeah. It's one of those situations Mm -hmm. where it's like you aren't taking into consideration how bad this substance or whatever the addiction is is hurting people no not even people around you but just hurt yourself in general yeah um that's where addiction comes in and people have to actually accept that they have a issue um by thinking about that's where i think a lot of people have interventions you know your family comes together and lets you know like look your daughter is not happy with what you're doing your family's not happy with what you're doing you know, don't you care about your health, your life, you know, your future, all your finances are going yeah. to this habit. Um, but I think a big thing is when trying to get away from addiction, you have to separate yourself from those who may not be ready to get help themselves. Mm-hmm. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's just not something they want to seek help for. Maybe they that's don't feel they're strong enough to separate, well. like to not. I would tell you, you right now, there's a lot them. of people who smoke weed. Who don't think they got a problem? Yeah, they have an issue. Now, (laughs) I will be honest. I believe that's my boyfriend. We will argue about this all day long. Mm -hmm. But my biggest thing is, I know that I can't do this, Mm -hmm. or I can't continue to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's one of those situations where you have to seek that help for yourself. Yeah, something that I also know with a lot of uh, people who struggle with addiction, who don't think they have a problem, whose family. And or friends who won't intervene. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I was gonna say so because it was like alluding to that. Oh gosh. I Hopefully just, it comes back. It'll come back. 
Yeah, but what Alea was saying, like, you have to remove yourself. Like, it's good that you're strong enough to remove yourself. Because some people, they just, they just don't have the willpower. Right. It's like they can't be around that person at all. And for people who can still be around that person and be able to still, like, I guess, detach themselves from it, it takes a lot of strength. Because people, a lot of people don't realize that addiction is a disease of the brain. Like, when you look it up, that's what it says online. And... It's weird too, or is it kind of like, it's kind of, you know, you have to make decisions and you're accountable for your decisions, but yet you're dealing with a disease. But I feel like in some ways that you do make a decision not to do it Mm -hmm. because at some point, like I have like clients that be like, oh, I didn't do drugs when I was pregnant. I didn't do drugs when I was nursing. You know, I was incarcerated for a certain amount of time and I didn't do drugs. Some of them still did it because they got inside the jail somehow. Um, or they take this break and then they get back into it. And I'm like, well, what was, I mean, I know like having the child was important. So you didn't want to, you know, have the child, you know, be born with drugs in their system, but there was something else there that made you not want to do it. So what is that? Cause you had a choice and you made that choice not to do it. So we talk a lot about like about choices, but it definitely like when you have this addiction, it's like you have to see treatment. Because not only are you you know you have to make different choices, but like you really need to like dig deep in like why is why is it that I'm going out here smoking crack or you know doing heroin or using marijuana excessively, um, and so digging deep, getting into treatment is a huge huge thing. And when people can like say, oh, I got a problem, I need to admit myself somewhere, that's like a breakthrough when they're ready. Yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to ask um, Alea like specifically. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. The only thing I wanted to ask you is like, do you feel like you're addicted? I feel like admitting that you have an addiction is a very important part. And I do feel like there is an addiction there. Now, a big thing, and I know every drug addict says this. (laughs) I I promise you. I really can. I know it's how though, because now it's accessible to you. You can do it anytime it is, you want to. But I've done it numerous times. But, but just like but now, with it being accessible though, yes, I have. Oh, you have. Yeah, I will say just like John. <laughs> I will say just like John A said. People do stop for specific reasons like mm-hmm. you know of course when you've had a child or when you're having a child you definitely don't want your child to be affected mm-hmm. a big thing with me and I know it sounds crazy because I should stop completely but when I don't feel good like my health is bothering me I won't mm-hmm. and as a matter of fact probably not extremely recent but whenever I feel very like oh my gosh this weather is just killing me mm-hmm. I will stop mm-hmm. And there have been several occasions where I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to pick it up again. But mm-hmm. of course, again, it's that peer pressure situation, or I won't mm-hmm. even say peer pressure. It's just you being in an environment where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's happened a few times, mm-hmm. but I do feel like, and again, I know every addict says this, but I do feel like if I was really committed to stopping, I you would stop. I won't disagree with you there because when I stopped smoking, I went from smoking every single day, all day to one day I was like, nope, cold right. turkey, like I'm done. Yeah, that takes a so it like it really, if you have that mental mental capacity to just be like, no, I've made the decision that I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe that you can make make a change, and it's just like, but it's also it comes with like 
your mindset behind it and like what you choose to surround yourself with as well. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And also too, it's like people, places and things, a lot of the times we talk about like with getting into recovery and it's like, you can't be around the people that you did you drugs to do with it. Yep. if you don't got that willpower. Places, you can't be, if got this, say like, I don't know, somewhere like, I don't know, Jackson Ward or whatever, that was like where you did it at. Or it doesn't even have to be, it could be like a better place. But anyway, if that's where you did drugs at, then- Jackson Ward? <laughs> not say, I mean, just because it's a bad area, then you can't go around there. And things, like you things that- <laughs> okay, excuse that, folks. But I'm just talking about area that may be drug that's not trying to pinpoint a certain call whole neighborhood. No, <laughs> you're gonna say the project. No, only because I worked in the area. So I oh, know. Oh, that's where they, <laughs> you know what? All right, okay, okay. All right, yeah, like I'm losing my train. Important. But you know, removing things like that could trigger you. So, and, and I know a lot of people will bring up, they'd be like, oh, well, I don't want to separate myself from like my sister because, you know, even though she's still doing drugs, like I don't want people to think that I'm better than them. And I always go back to it's not that you're better than someone, you still may love them and you mm -hmm. care about them. But in the, the day, if you want to get into recovery, you know, that person's always got drugs, that person's always using, you know, if you're not in far into your recovery, relapse is very possible mm -hmm. for you so just to keep that in mind um i just hear a few people say those kinds of things um it's it's a mm -hmm. uh, my train of thought came back so i was <laughs> saying like for those people who like um don't think they have an issue or an addiction and for the family members who won't like or friends who won't intervene it's like how do you i guess define the neighbors who are just like we are not gonna say anything to you. You grown, you can do whatever you want. Like not everybody's hurt by the situation. Like everybody, some people just stand back and let you do you um, and just let you kind of go down I think that's also how you define who you, the real people in your corner is, mm -hmm. especially when you're going through something that deep as an addiction mm -hmm. and nobody notices that you're going down this rabbit hole or you're like in this space where you shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is a time where you really realize who you're, who's really paying attention to you, number one, and actually really cares. Because I don't believe that anybody is just going to, now I'm not going to tell you, keep on telling you the same thing, you know, but I'm definitely going to like reach out like, hey, I definitely see something that's not right here. Mm. What's going on? Yeah. My my thoughts process behind it is more so like people who know there's a problem and still won't say nothing. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They don't care. And then enabling too is awful. I mean, and also be clear, obviously it's not just drug addiction mm. like we we're talking about, but there's food addiction. There's, you know, there's, shopping addiction gambling it's all these addictions but some people aren't able to they'll like go get the stuff for you or give you the money mm -hmm. or take you to that place mm -hmm. so those people you definitely gotta cut ties with yeah. i mean for a little bit you spoke on two things two other things just now that i mm -hmm. feel like i've had an addiction with um definitely food addiction mm -hmm. um i'm a foodie mm -hmm. like most of my money i don't care how much it is will go towards food <laughs> like mm -hmm legit would just have a whole like pig out session and not even care um and then like social media we was talking about that earlier yeah, like media. i've had to limit how much time i spend on my phone like all of my apps that i use have a two hour limit for every day like you spend two hours on instagram i'm off of it 
you spend two hours on Facebook. I'm out because I think I Facebook heavy though. When I first moved and I wasn't like I didn't have any friends and stuff like that, I was in my phone heavy. I was just like, this is how I talk to people. This is how I interact with the people that I know. So mm-hmm. it was just like all day, every day. When I started realizing that half my day was going towards social media, I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. This has yeah, got to stop. I definitely feel like I have problems. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, with the social media. Look at my phone. That's yeah. honestly why I cut a lot of my accounts. Matter of fact, not a lot, all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything because I'd say, matter of fact, when I was working at CC's Pizza, you know, we would do what, was it, 12 or 13 hour shifts. Mm-hmm. You get off, probably get home at about like 11 on a good day, you know, 10 mm-hmm. 30 maybe. But I would probably go home and just surf the internet, Facebook. Mm-hmm. I have Facebook then, um, and just reading things. Mm-hmm. And then you go down this rabbit hole, and now y'all on somebody else's page, just trying to figure out who this person is to that person. And mm-hmm. you know, oh y'all got a baby, yeah. got a oh, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> this whole pieces. Thing. You are and now that. way farther. <laughs>
and whatnot. But I have noticed though, because on the Apple phone, it like logs how much time you spend mm -hmm. on the apps. And I've seen like, I've gone from like, like seven, eight hours and it's trickled down to like, I think recently it said like five hours I spent today. So, I mean, that's good. I think it's because I'm busy more with like work. We're for the whole week though, not like today. Today? Then maybe a whole day, week. Girl. Maybe that's a whole week, but it's not like a weekly report. I think it's like the weekly report, like, oh. a, yeah, something oh, like okay. that, but. <laughs> Oh yeah, not a whole, not a full day, but still it's decreased. Um, but as far as like, any other addiction, I really can't say. I do. I have learned though, being in the field, that people when they do have a certain addiction, they can have an addictive personality. Because we'll ask that on the um on the um assessment. So one of the questions it'll be like, so do you have addictive personality? Like, are you addicted to like we talked about food? sex it could be um you know shopping whatever and a lot of them do have an addictive personality which means even if they stop drugs they'll pick up another addiction so it's like you kind of like swapping it but um but yeah for me personally i can't say i say the social media is probably like maybe the closest to an addiction mm -hmm. that i can think of for myself and you joy same just social media yeah i'm because yeah, like, because with my family being um have alcoholism too and other drugs like alcohol specifically, mm -hmm. uh you know, I'm just careful like I don't drink like when I'm sad or like when I'm frustrated because I know that probably can turn into something else like oh let me mask my pain like what she was talking about <laughs> with the um you know the depression and all that like a lot of people try to mask that pain like who have clients come in talking about like I've been raped you know I've been molested. Um, for such a amount of years and, you know, I was beaten up and stuff like that. And then they, they'll try to mask that pain with the drug. Mm. So that's why I'm just like, yeah, I'll try to make sure that I'm like social drinking or drinking, you know, just like, you know, wine or whatnot. Yeah. So. And that's just, just typically what, that's what it like, I feel like addictions are rooted in. It's just like, you're just trying to hide or don't mm -hmm. want to deal with you. That's trauma. That's, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a big a one. Much. That's a big one. Yeah, especially like you know with the food because I watched that. Okay, what I was saying about the six hundred pound life, like you'll notice, like if you watch the shows, I watch, I watched a lot of them. Like it looks like to me, like eighty five or eighty something percent of them is like they've been violated as a child, which they're masking their pain with their food, and also with like hoarding. I watched the hoarder show too, and I've heard stories like you know with them talking that like they may have had a. Like they've lost something, so they feel like they need to like fill that void of loss by mm -hmm. getting all these things and crowding their house up. Mm -hmm. So it's like like Shanice, I think, was saying it's like trying to fill that void mm -hmm. or um, mask that pain. Mm -hmm. So same thing with mm -hmm. the show Intervention. Um, I feel Andy is where it used to come on. Probably still does. I just don't watch it. Um, but they always show the backstory of each person on the show, and it's always like. Well, not always, but most of the time, some type of traumatic situation has happened in the past and they've turned to drugs to kind of help them just mask the pain of it. Um, I think that's a big thing is just finding another way to overcome some of those, you know, sad and traumatic situations. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a big part of addiction is maybe therapy sessions to get over 
the hurt so you're mm-hmm. not using something else to mask the pain. Well, mm-hmm. can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's, what are you using for? Well, that's what I'm saying. I've never been through any of that. Just like I was saying, for me, it's more of a relaxing situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying fun, to mask right. any pain. I'm just trying to chill. Yeah, because yeah, drugs are not always because of masking pain. A lot of yeah. it is. Oh, you but feel good like, the other night? <laughs> Maybe not that night. Some people do it because <laughs> they want to have fun and you loosen up and, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. You know? I just thought of another addiction. So, do y'all think that binge watching shows is a form of addiction? Oh, you can be addicted to I mean, it can be. I don't think that. I don't personally have a problem. That would do that. Because I feel like if you have an addiction system, like you do it all the time, like no. it, at any cost. Like, I'm not going to go to work today because I'm going to watch this. Oh, well, I'm yeah. a doctor's appointment. I'm watching, but I'm sitting here watching. Like, TV. my priorities become before, like, right. watching TV. Although, if I don't have anything to do, yeah, I'll sit around and watch. Whatever, mm-hmm. like, like, I don't know if I know anybody like took me. I just don't have time to do all that TV. I don't know. I'm I was gonna say I don't know anybody who like would sacrifice their work day to watch a show or something like yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People who work at home, y'all watching TV while y'all work, so I I can't <laughs> say. I didn't hear TV in the background. So I'm like, <laughs> to ask myself, like, oh no, for real, when you call somebody. You, well, I mean, just I me mean, could be somebody that's like not somebody I call every day, but like I've heard like background noise mm-hmm. of people working from home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I heard a guy who has kids in the back. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, I heard kids so before too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, they be multitasking. Yeah, I'm folks. I mean, yeah. You just right, I know a few people be like, yeah, I, I That's so crazy. Now I'm gonna think about a few people I know who work who work from home. They be like, all they do is watch TV all day. <laughs> when they, when they I mean, I guess if you, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. A couple times I prop my phone up to work, ain't nothing to do with Netflix. Yeah, I watch my, but like, my phone at work. Not like, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'll have my phone out about by my doing anything or taking right. a break. Only if I'm not doing nothing. I mm-hmm. can't see myself. I can't, I can't, I just can't do the same thing all the time all, for a long period of time. It bores the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. You don't like routine. I do like addicted insert- to spontaneity. I'm just kidding. No, for real. Yeah, that is definitely addiction. Because it gives me severe anxiety if I feel like I'm going to be late. Oh, yeah. Even if I'm meeting y'all. Like, I'm like, oh, no, I'm sweating. I- like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be late. No, I'd be like, Lord, you're going to get me if I, if I ain't yeah, time. I was here, I was here early. No, I was here early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this girl. Like, she be alright. Yeah, she be fine. It's just going five minutes late. She be I don't know. She be losing it. Joy be an active breakdown. I'm like, come on, sis. What is called, uh, I don't know if y'all deal with this at work, but it's like obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. have that. Yeah, I don't know. Of course, we don't treat not in ILP. Um, well, that's doing with the substance abuse. Mm-hmm. But if you go into therapy, you can discuss that. But that's considered like a, a form of a mental illness. Yeah, that illness, is. But not like addiction-wise. Like, I'm addicted to like... Yeah. Okay. I mean, it could because some people like they got to do something over and over. Like, say, like they going out the house and they turn the door now, they got to turn it three times just to get out. Like, yeah. it's like you and know, repetitive. Yeah, I think I've had a little bit of OCD, you know, with some things, but I, I won't say boss has it. Like, she comes in, like, straightens people's desks. Who's the chair? Like, get mm-hmm. off myself. Right. I do. I really feel I like that. I can be like that sometimes, though, I'm when I'm at home. Like, I'll be like, this is how the place is bothering me. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's, that's, I don't think it's a form of addiction, though. It just made me think about, like, the time thing. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, especially for me, like if it's just like too messy, like things just out of order, I'm like, look, we gotta get this place straight. Mm -hmm. Cause like I'll just I be like my mind is just like I feel like too, like where you go, like if your house is like, let's say if it's like super cluttery, like a hoarder, then it's just like what is your mind? What's going on up there? I feel like it's a reflection. It's How are a reflection. You comfortable living like this? Yeah. Look, I'll have like little piles of like stuff that's like, let's say my mail. Like I let my mail accumulate for like over two years when I lived in my apartment. And, I, and when I left, I had to like sit days and take time out to shred it. So I was like, oh, this could be something maybe important. And I have this big pile of mail. And I'm like, that's one part of my brain. My One part of my brain is cluttered, but the rest is like, all right, you know. But I just thought that was I like, think I had to organize clutter. Like it'll be designated for a certain spot, but it may not be organized. Like mm -hmm. it'd be like this is where all this goes. It just may not be like uniform or whatnot. Like yeah. I don't like color code my closet or nothing like that. It's just like put the shirts over <laughs> here, the jeans over here. But some people have a connection. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What about you, Elia? Definitely clutter for me. <laughs> but I can uh I can understand where it, it makes me it makes me crazy. Like, it makes me organization. crazy. It is definitely a reflection of my mindset. Yeah. Um, I think it really is. Like a perfect example, I kept telling myself not to forget the shorts and the rubber bands for my hair and everything as I'm leaving out the house and I did it. The only person who said it was Raji. You must have texted oh, me while I was in the car, but it was about mm. to be left. But it's because like it was not in an area where I really saw it. It wasn't like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, it was kind of like a another pile of clothes beside it. Another pile. Another pile. Come on. I have to take a deep breath when I go into all this because, like, it's like it's just she just her life is just chaotic. Like the way she goes about her daily routine is very chaotic to me. It could be very much simplified. It could be just like boom, 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 let's just go. Mm -hmm. But like I've seen her get ready for work when she used to work at the Marriott. And I thought her and Raji were absolutely insane. Like, oh like okay, like, where's this? Raji, I can't find this. Raji, have you seen this? Oh, 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 and this is all kind of clothes. Like, we are, we talk about that. Like, We're going to have to go fast. So. I was like, Oh my God! Like, what is going on here? Like I cannot deal. Like I just, I just can't deal. Like somebody with OCD would have like, probably a heart attack. Like, when I feel like when me, you get up in the morning, like, yes, we're like ice skating. Like we're just like this is my routine. This is your routine. Mm -hmm. We're just gliding around the house in the morning, it's getting prepping. our routine done. We talked about routine and like bumper cars. Like <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I was like, get out the way! <laughs> like, You're taking too much time in the bathroom. I was like shaking. Like what is this? Where am I? Mm -hmm. The beauty of living alone. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't have any to consult anybody about anything. Like nobody's hogging the bathroom. Lord, that Jesus, they used to be the worst thing. Getting up in the morning, couldn't get in the bathroom. I had to pee. Addicted the to a simplified life. Girl. Girl. <laughs> yeah, they about to get pissed on. Like, listen, I'm having this bathroom. Girl, this might be TMI, but there's so many times like I just like had to pee. And could not get to the bathroom, get, no, like get in the physical bathroom because someone was in there. Mm. And I'm oh, just like, wow. I have to pee really bad. And they're like, well, I'm using the bathroom right now. I'm like, you knew my alarm was about to go off, and everything. The first thing I do when I get up is go out. use the bathroom. Like mm -hmm. I've had to go downstairs 
to like your like the facilities? to like the lobby bathroom before. Uh-huh. I this is really embarrassing. I've had to pee in a cup before, and I don't think I've ever peed on myself. But yeah, it's just been like on the verge of like, listen, my freaking bladder is gonna burst because you're taking thirty plus minutes in the bathroom. And I need to pee. The door can't be unlocked. This is your boyfriend that we talking mm-hmm. about. You can't unlock the door. I could, but I wouldn't want to go in there because he was. Oh, listen. I got to go. Right. I got to go. But he be sitting on the toilet. Like, where am I oh, going? Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm on the toilet. Like, where am I going? But, like, nah, if he just came out, like, I don't care about that. I got to pee. But, like, you're on the toilet. Like, oh, man. That's, that one bathroom. I can't go in my bathroom. Girl. I miss our two bath, two full bathrooms. Like, they used to have their bathroom inside of my bathroom. It's a beautiful thing. I've always, like, pretty much lived by myself, so it's, like, I never had to really share a bathroom. Well, no, it's when I was in college, but, like, before I came here, yeah, I lived by myself. I miss having two bedrooms, though. I ain't gonna hold you. Oh, I had so much space. hmm I love this house now. It's so much space. But, yeah. Johnny, give us some um, addiction tips. Or how to deal with addiction before you get to before recovery if y'all are not ready to get to the recovery part yet with a um, professional. I just think, you know, noticing like just taking kind of like inventory of your life and seeing like how things could be better. Like is like are you not able to like we were talking about pay your bills, go to work, you know, go to the grocery store. If it's like your life is literally out of control, you know, take accountability for that. And then just try to find other like coping skills to help you, you know to deal with the pain that you may be going through and you're masking with the drugs or what have you. I mean, that could be going to the gym or that could be, you know, having a better diet, getting better sleep, um, doing deep breathing, meditation, all that sorts of stuff. Um, and I think all in all, eventually, if all that doesn't work on your own, those kind of, even talking to your like friends and family that you trust, you're just going to have to get into some kind of treatment, you know? You're going to have to. Um, That's just, I mean, there's many different kinds of treatment. A lot of people go to outpatient treatment, which is like therapy or going to like, well, if you're mandated, you know, intensive outpatient, which is what I do with the groups. Um, And like one of the worst, I mean, it's obviously going inside of a hospital, I mean, to detox and whatnot. But some people have to go there because they're literally like they just have no control at all. Like they can't do anything. But, um, But that would be my tips. And don't be afraid to talk. I know a lot of people, especially in the Black community, it's still like, it's a stigma in general about addiction. Um, but in the Black community, I think we've come a ways, we have a ways to go because certain things like addiction, we don't want to talk about, especially like if it's like more religious. And so we just need to all be open because a lot of like our people that deal with these issues and they don't know how to deal with them. So when they're like, people are open, like, you know, people that are leading our communities, whether that be like political in the church or like um, other professionals that are like, you know, in our communities, like we just have to be open and letting people like talk about their problems. Because sometimes people just need a listening ear and then some people just need some advice. Like, hey, maybe you should think about doing this. But, um, yeah. That's what I got. I love that. So, guys, thank you for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate you guys. I definitely want to uh, miss it. Jenna, do you have any hotlines or anything anybody can call if they mm-hmm. are struggling with an addiction? Um, I would go to um, SAMHSA.gov. Say that again? SAMHSA.gov. 
that is but that's for substance abuse and mental health um nami dot something.org.com, one of those, but NAMI, um, the NIH, that's another one. And Psychology Today is a good place to look up a therapist. Um, and yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay, we will definitely have those on the um, podcast link for you guys to click on if you guys do need anything. But tonight we're going to switch it up since we're talking about addiction and talking about growing and changing. So I wanted to ask you guys, to think of a personal growth that you need to work on and just express it. So for me, I'm going to go first. I would definitely say one thing I could definitely work on is like being in a state of um, just truly being happy. Like right now, like my life is really great. I think everything is pretty much going great in my life and I still find something that could be wrong. So I really want to work on just being in the moment and being happy when when I am or when it's happening and not thinking about the other shoe dropping. Anybody else? Um, I could say that I can grow in time utilization. Um, just stop procrastinating as much and then really like use the time that I have to get more done because it's like I have the time to just do that. I don't really feel like it. Like I could do this tomorrow. It's like tomorrow may never come. Like It's not promised though. It's like Taking care of the things that I can take care of in the time in a time and manner. Mm-hmm. For me, it'd be discipline. I think my chaotic lifestyle and just in general how I operate on a daily basis is because I do not have any discipline. My my house, if I stuck to my rule of at least cleaning each room five to ten minutes a night, would be a clean house all the time. Or if I stuck with every morning working out, like I told myself I would do, I would feel a little bit more comfortable with, you know, how I, I, my health is and how, you know, my body is right now. I feel like because I do not have discipline, it's like causing me to just be chaotic everywhere. Just, gosh, I can't get it together all day long. That's just how I think of myself. So that's definitely something I want to work on. Yeah. And like Shanice was saying, I was going to say procrastination too is um just working on things when I have that extra time and stop doing other things that I know I shouldn't, you know, be doing, not saying it's bad things, but it's not helping me with my growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting my things on my to-do list because I always have a, like a work to-do list. Of course, I try to get that done as much as I can because, you know, got an answer to my boss or whatever. But, um, but my other to-do list for home, it's like I've slacked on that. So just trying to stick to what I say I'm going to do in procrastination. What? I don't know. That's when I was going to say something. Um, okay, that's, it for me. <laughs> that's great. I think that we should all, like, as we build this sisterhood, we should just, like, really try to hold each other up and what we say we want to grow in and what we say we want to do in and hold each other accountable to those things. Definitely if you speak it out loud and say you want to grow in that area, I believe you. So I'm going to push you to do that. And I hope you guys push me too because I definitely need it. But guys, again, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We're really enjoying this journey. Don't forget to follow us on facts, not fiction, underscore podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to, sorry. Don't forget to catch our new episodes every Friday at 3 p.m. All right, guys, we out. Bye. Bye.